you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Hello, this is Father Louis Skurdy with Friends of the Word. Reflection on the Word, not a formal homily. As you know, sometimes when I'm traveling, I attend church, I attend Mass, and sit in the congregation, and today was one of those experiences. And I like to give a reflection on the scriptures, and then very soon in, into the school year, we used to call it, uh, we'll be celebrating Mass on a regular basis. I'll be Saints Peter and Paul in Hoboken next week, and traveling around. Anyway, the scriptures today are a challenge. When I left Mass, Jerry turned to me and said, what was the purpose of that homily? Now, I got to be careful now because I can't be a hypocrite and criticize someone else's homily and really not reflect on my own words. However, I've always been very conscious of the word and I know the liturgy is the whole liturgy, liturgy of the word, liturgy of the scriptures and liturgy of the Eucharist. I know that. Uh, but as a balanced worshiper with you and me, we all come together. The whole mystery has to come together. So the Word of God is very important. As a matter of fact, remember back when Vatican II was in session, they had a separate altar for the scriptures. It's very important because that is a very significant part of our worship experience at Mass, the scriptures. And the Liturgy of the Word Maybe it's easier, Liturgy of the Eucharist. Uh, maybe it's uh, more formalized and therefore it flows more readily, but it seems to not create as much conflict. Once we believe what we're there for, bringing up the gifts, offering them to the Father, receiving them back as the bread and the body and blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, receiving the Eucharist, going out and living the Word, that's great. But the first part of the Word first part of the liturgy, the liturgy of the Word, is also very significant. And that's why in my ministry, I have always emphasized that part of my challenge, my ministry. So when I was asked today, what was the purpose of that homily? Oh God, I can tell you, I'm not going to tell you where it was. I can tell you that the priest uh, was bilingual and his English was far better than my Spanish but that doesn't get him off the hook, I'm sorry. It really doesn't get him off the hook. Today's scriptures are a challenge and a wake-up call to the hypocrisy that we might be challenged to follow as Christians, as Roman Catholics especially. First reading, as you know, referred to the scriptures of the day, was from Deuteronomy. Moses giving the law to the people of God and asking them to observe the law in order to hold on to the relationship they have with God. That got screwed up through the years. We'll talk about that in a second. The second scripture was from James, that beautiful letter, read it, digest it, read it again. Beautiful letter of James. The emphasis today's section was on 
being doers of the word, not merely hearers of the word. And of course, Mark, the Gospel of Mark. We're back to that after five weeks of John's Gospel. We're back to Mark. And what is, what's, what's Jesus confronting today? He's confronting the Pharisees. He's confronting the public. He's teaching and probably confronting his own followers with the necessity to not only observe the faith and the elements of the faith, but again, to, to turn our hearts toward God as we are doing that. It's sort of a, a reiteration of Deuteronomy, to follow God with the law and with our whole hearts. As a matter of fact, Jesus reminds us that we are all called to give God completely our hearts to to follow the law. Okay, let's get let's get through. So these beautiful challenges were placed before us today in the scriptures, and the celebrant at the mass I attended decided to go with the word tradition. Great, <clears throat> no problem. And in the beginning of his sermon, he spoke about various traditions. Okay, we got the idea. Thanksgiving tradition, Christmas tradition, Guadalupe tradition all the feasts of Mary, and he named 10 of them, I think, and all the traditions that, get, that go with all those feasts. However, the fullness of the mystery of those feasts is sometimes not carried out because we don't go back to God on a regular basis. Great. Perfect. But let's get back to the scriptures. No, he did never, never made it back to the scriptures. And I, you know, come on, it's the word of God. It's so uh, nutritious to feed us and to feed our souls. God is confronting the Pharisees who are upset with his followers, Jesus' followers, not washing their hands before eating. Now we know the, the Jews had the laws of, of cleanliness, the ablutions that they follow. And we do that right before Mass, right before he offers the gifts, the Father, priests, we wash our hands and we ask the Lord to forgive us our sins and prepare us to celebrate the Eucharist. So Jesus is confronting this audience and he's educating his followers to be faithful followers of his word. Now that falls on very challenged ears today in our society as Roman Catholics. Some of our great leaders, some of our hierarchy, and many of us, normal people, average priests, average lay people, have been challenged because the hypocrisy in the church has been revealed, uncovered, and put on the front pages of new newspapers. I'm not going to mention the hypocrisy. You know what it is. I'm not going to mention names. You know who they are. But we're all weighed under by this hypocrisy. So let's go back to the scriptures. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus is saying, don't get caught up with the robes and, the, and all the vessels and all the, the, the traditions you are used to and your mother's used to and your grandmother's used to. Don't get caught up in all that. And don't give me the idea, oh, we go to church for the mystery of it and no content, no, no, no substance. Don't get caught up, caught up with all that. Jesus wants us to give our whole selves to the word, to understand the washing of the hands was appropriate. <laughs> he never used Purell, I think they call it. He never used hand sanitizer. He wasn't 21st century. Jesus is a man of his times. 
And he emphasized the scriptures speaking to the hearts of the individuals. That God asks us to give us himself, whether we are observing the commandments, whether we are observing the obligation of church on Sundays, whether we are obligation, whatever it is, in, in the mysteries of the church. But don't get so caught up into the traditions or the obligations that we miss the whole picture. We miss the, the, the mystery of Christ, the Word of God becoming flesh. John says, excuse me, James says it very accurately, be doers of the Word, not merely hearers. That letter of James is really important. It teaches us a lot. It teaches us about the consistency of our faith. It teaches us to be average and normal in our faith. We don't have to be great. We don't have to be up there. But we have to keep the faith, whether we're one-on-one -on -one with our family and friends, or whether we're proclaiming the mystery as, as a priest from the, from the pulpit. Our faith is Jesus Christ. His example is really, right between the eyes, a message of reality. To be a Christian is to carry out the words we pray on Sunday or at any day we gather to pray with the balance of the activities. And James also says, what's the purpose of religion? What's the purpose of worship? To take care of the poor and to bring God into our lives. That's the mystery. And what happened? Two centuries ago, Jesus, God, comes into our lives and teaches us how to care for one another and the poor included. So the scriptures today were really a challenge against hypocrisy. And I think the hypocrisy that Jesus is challenging us to look at is religious hypocrisy, especially. Why are so many of our churches empty? Why are so many of the pews vacant? Well because the leaders of the church have done a really great job in not living out the word. And I don't want to say leaders only, all of us, those of us who practice the faith, have not done as good a job as we should, if we really authentically follow Jesus Christ, to live out the faith. Years ago, and I was got in trouble for this at the seminary, I gave a sermon in my naivete but it was a Holy Spirit. And anybody who, who says, oh, that's a nice word you gave or nice ideas, don't thank me. Thank the Holy Spirit. The focus of the scriptures then, as a deacon in the seminary, and I spoke to the priest celebrant who would be celebrating with me about what my ideas was. I opened the, the, the theme of the responsibility that we as seminarians have to the word. I held the gospel. And we are far more responsible to the word than the average person. Not being sophisticated, not being hierarchical or clergy-minded, but we are. We study the word, so we are more responsible for it. We are more responsible to preach it, to live it, to, to educate on the word. So, began the homily with the idea of our responsibility I got that beautiful big red book, which is the gospel book, and it was in the middle of St. Mary's Seminary in Roland Park, a big marble church. And I got, however, my brothers, this is what we do to the word so often. And I slammed it down in the middle of the chapel. It echoed, it echoed, and it echoed. Then I gave the homily, 
hopefully I justified our responsibility to the word. At the end of the homily, I picked up the scriptures, talking about, again, our responsibility, ours as seminarians, responsibility greater than the average person's responsibility to the word because we study it. I kissed it, and I enthroned it on the gospel stand, and I sat down. <laughs> if you were there, you would have been hysterical. It was immediate, the reaction. It was dialogue homily before dialogue homilies came into being. <clears throat> Seminarians, priests, popping up and down in the church. The church is a large marble church, and it's, uh, a, what do they call it, communion um, chorus style. The, the pews face each other, long aisle, and the altar is at the head of the church. Well, I, all I saw is people popping up, screaming at me, yelling at me how, how I disregarded the word, how I destroyed the, the scripture, how I, how I uh, uh, disgraced and, and desecrated the, the book. I was fine with all that. A little nervous, a little upset. The priest, who was my celebrant, knew exactly what I was aiming at. We talked about it. We followed up. I even got letters under my door, by the way, at night telling me how, how a disgrace I was. But you know what? I realized that was almost 40 years ago. Not that I'm so great a preacher, so great a person, or so great a priest, but I was accurate. I was very accurate. We who are responsible for the word are more than responsible for it. We're obligated to venerate it and to live it. And when we don't, we desecrate the scriptures throwing the word of God down. It was, it was a horrible experience, you might say, for me. But I, I, I coped, and I got thick skin, and I got through it. But the message is still the same. Now let me expe ex extend the message to all of us. We as Roman Catholics are responsible to live the word of God. Not just put a picture on, of Jesus on the wall, or an icon, or just pray a particular prayer. We are responsible to live Jesus Christ, to live his word. I'm not perfect, far from perfect. I'm not even humble, so I'm not even going there. But yet it's a struggle. It's a life goal for all of us to walk with Jesus, to be doers of the word, not merely hearers. Jesus said, Isaiah spoke well when he said, they're, they're, they're far from me. People who take the scriptures and study it are far from me unless they live it. And that's where we are right now. Challenged in the 21st century to live the word of God more challenged than any other generation since the time of Christ. He was confronted by the Pharisees, by the scribes, the educators, by the public, and his friends. Where are we? Are we going to follow Jesus? We're going to criticize one another, follow Jesus, and really not get caught up into the minutia of a particular word, but the whole message. And what is the message? Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. This has been Father Louis Gertie with Friends of the Word. Thank you for joining us. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition 
by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. From earaches to strep tests, there's Minute Clinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Minute Clinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details.